Would you be able to talk through what a critical care nurse does within an intensive care unit? So for me, I'd probably split it into two sections. So the technical stuff that we do and the non-technical stuff that we do. So in terms of technical stuff, so, so we are basically there by, by the bedside looking after um, either one patient if they're a level three intensive care patient or two patients who are for high dependency patient for the duration of the shift of work. And that involves every single aspect of that patient's care. That includes things like managing arterial lines and central lines, giving patients drugs. It involves ventilation, so either invasive or non-invasive ventilation, management of an endotracheal tube, so airway management, management of um, renal haemodialysis. It might be that it's patient positioning, so we might need to lie patients on their tummy and prone them, for example. So a real massive range of different clinical technical skills. When I say that we know everything about patients, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of literally saying we do know literally every single thing. So every single arterial blood gas we will have taken and analysed and acted on. We'll have taken blood results. We will know all of the blood results for those patients. We know every single drop of urine that they produce over the course of the day. We keep an eye on their vital signs of observations, literally constantly, every single minute. So blood pressure, heart rate, etc and perform clinical assessments on patients. So particularly respiratory assessments for our patients that are, that are ventilated. So a very, very technically skilled job. Having said that, there's an awful lot of non-technical skill associated with being a critical care nurse as well, particularly in relation to the relationship that we develop with a patient's family. So a lot of our patients inherently are going to be sedated and therefore unconscious on ventilation. So we don't have that, that relationship with the patient in the same way as you would do with a, a, an awake patient on a ward. But we develop a very, very strong relationship very quickly with the family. As you can imagine, for family members, this is probably the worst thing they have ever experienced in their life. So it's a real skill to, to be able to develop that relationship with the family really quickly so that the family will trust your judgment. They will trust the information that you give to them and they know that their loved one is in the best possible hands. That's about really good communication, managing expectations, making sure that, that we've got the correct information at the right time and at the right level to be able to give to individual patient families who will all require slightly nuanced communication. So also in terms of non-technical skill, it's thinking about those things that make nurses nurses, and how does that relate to the added extra things that critical care nurses can deliver to patients? So I saw a brilliant picture the other day where a group of intensive care nurses had got a ventilated patient, ventilated through a tracheostomy, out of bed, into a wheelchair, and were giving her a pamper session because she'd been on ICU for about two months. So they were doing her hair, and they were doing her eyebrows, and they were doing her nails. And that is, that is really non-technical, really important direct patient care that has a huge impact on the well-being of the patient, but equally, again, a knock-on effect with the family as well, because the family can see that, you know, ICU nurses genuinely really do care about their patients. It's not just about managing machines. It's about making sure that our patients get their holistic, rounded care that we know that they need. What sort of training pathway 
does a critical care nurse go through? So first of all, intensive care nurses need to be a registered nurse in the first instance. So they will have done a three-year degree programme at a university to become a registered nurse. From there, nurses can go directly from their training into intensive care. Uh, so they can, but most of the time, nurses will spend some time in a different environment first, to so be that on a ward. Even just for a short period of time, I only did about six months on an acute medical ward before I decided to go to intensive care. Intensive care is very different. There's nothing really that prepares you for working in ICU because that environment is so different. In terms of education, so we have something called a step competency framework. So when nurses start on an intensive care unit, they will start to do their step competencies through CC3N. Um, and there's different competencies depending on how far into your professional development you are in intensive care. And staff can do postgraduate courses at universities. So, for example, we run level six and level seven degree level and master's level critical care courses where I work. They can progress through that. So they can do a full master's in critical care. They can do a master's in advanced practice, which is specific to critical care. They can do things like the advanced critical care practitioner master's programs. And if they're really daft enough, like I clearly have been, they can move on to a, a PhD in critical care as well and lose your life completely. And how long does it take to get through this step competencies themselves usually? So they've done their three years undergraduate training, started on ICU. Their step one competencies take about 12 months and then they move on to step two and three competencies and then step four competencies after that. So it's a continued progression over a period of years. And obviously all the time they've always got extra for their, for their work. Yeah, yeah, so they're working full time at the same time as doing academic study. And that's actually really quite important because the difference between medicine and nursing is my understanding is, and it certainly used to be, so correct me if I'm wrong, medicine tends to get, you tend to get some protected study time. Even if yeah. it's not much, you still get some. Whereas nurses get nothing like that at all. So they get no protected study time at all. And equally, a lot of the funding for postgraduate education has disappeared now. So a lot of nurses are having to pay for their own postgraduate education in order for them to progress into whatever level of career they want to have. Um, so it's, it's quite challenging. We're expecting a lot from, from our nursing staff, especially in an environment like critical care, when we know that it changes so rapidly. You know, but in terms of those technical aspects and management of patients, you know, that, that can change completely differently um, over a really short space of time. So when access to, to good professional development is really important if we want our staff to be safe and deliver decent patient care. You can have 10 patients on an intensive care unit and every single one of them is completely different. Their presentation, their management is totally different. So while you might be able to as a nurse, you've got to look after a multi-trauma patient one day, for example. The next day, you might be looking after a renal failure patient on haemodialysis. The next day, you might be looking after a respiratory patient on ECMO. And you need to be able to have those technical skills and that, and that knowledge that underpins that to be able to manage all of those patients. And I've always found that critical care nurses bring quite a lot of autonomy with them. And that relationship is really important because that, you know, that's something that a lot of intensive care nurses really like about the environment. The fact that they can, for example, they can take an arterial blood gas, they can analyse it themselves and they can act on the results of that gas independently without having to ring for a doctor to tell them what to do. 
but equally it, you know it goes back to that need for ICU nurses to have that really good academic educational clinical grounding so that they've got enough knowledge competence and skill for the doctors who are in charge of running that ward to trust them to be able to make those decisions because they're quite you know they're fairly high level decisions in some mm. instances so okay so we, we talked about on a basic level what a nurse on intensive care would be doing and what their daily job would look like how does it differ as you become more senior within intensive care in terms of being an intensive care sister or charge nurse, that's about moving up the banding. So you'd move from a band five up to a, a band six, potentially up to a band seven in some areas. It's about taking charge of the unit. Um, so you're then the, the senior nurse decision maker for that particular shift. So it's not only about managing one individual patient or two high dependency patients. It's about having oversight of a group of patients and making sure that the actions and decisions of the staff that are looking after those patients are effective and in the patient's best interest. So it, you're taking on more leadership responsibility more than anything else. Does that mean that you tend to, as you go higher up the banding, that you tend to step away from direct contact to some extent? So not at that kind of level. So often our sisters on intensive care units and charge nurses on intensive care units will be based on intensive care units doing clinical shifts. It's not really until you move up to ward manager level and beyond, so matron, for example, that you get further removed from the bedside. But there's always a shift lead, which will be, like I say, a charge nurse or a sister, who, whose job is very, very, very clinical. So it's to be there to support staff, be their new starters or be their staff that have got very complex patients, support doctors with ward rounds, for example, support families, um, all, all those kind of things. But it's very grounded in clinical practice still at that level. So, so they're, they're really there as your, as your senior nursing clinical decision maker. So they will have done extended training. They'll have a significant amount of clinical experience and knowledge. So your more junior staff will run through decisions with them to make sure that they think they're the right decisions to make. Or if there's any questions about whether they think a certain type of treatment might work better or whether they're unsure about what ventilation parameters to change based on the blood gas result, for example, those clinical questions and queries would go to the nurse in charge of the shift. One of the biggest differences between a critical care nurse and a general ward nurse is going to be the patient ratio, particularly if you only have one patient or a 12-hour shift. Do you think that poses an entirely different challenge to the, the nurses looking after the patient? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think, I think every single intensive care nurse, me included, can think back on our career and can think of very, very specific patients and families that we've probably spent quite a long period of time with. And, and developed a real strong relationship with her for that period of time. You know, you can imagine that if you're on a run of three, four, 12-hour days, the chances are you'll be allocated the same patient for a couple of days to maintain patient continuity. So you literally do know every single thing there is to know about that patient clinically, but you also get to know the families really well. You, you get to know all sorts of things about the family that have got nothing to do with the actual situation. But just because you develop that rapport with the family, that you just sit and, you know, you get the opportunity to chat and, and develop that relationship with them. It, it is often about that pastoral element of care. You know, sadly, we look after a lot of patients that we know are not going to survive. 
So it's about building that relationship to try to lessen the impact of that when it does happen and make sure that our relatives are ready for that eventual scenario. Um, and that takes a real lot of skill. That's something that you really have to learn how to do. And make sure that we tailor that to different patients because what the type of communication and the type of relationship which you develop with one set of relatives will be absolutely wrong for a second set of, the second set of relatives. Do you think that being a critical care nurse perhaps opens up more opportunities than, say, if you, if you did work on a, a general medical surgical? Yeah, oh, without, without doubt. You know, everybody always says that intensive care nurses know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. But it's, it's the sheer impact of the amount of patients mm. that we've got to be able to look after. So you have no alternative other than understanding how blood results work, understanding how arterial gases work, understanding ventilation. You don't have a choice because you wouldn't simply not be able to do your job if you didn't have that knowledge, which is completely different type of knowledge from, from patients on a ward. Thinking about the follow-up agenda as well, you know, mm. that, that's, that, especially over the last six or eight months, that's with the pandemic, that's kind of highlighted it even more than we already knew those of us that work mm. in that environment, how important it is that you have good follow-up for post-ICU patients. Um, and often nurses are, are leading that, you know, they're leading mm. those follow-up clinics for patients. So another way that nurses can branch out and, and use their expertise to, to benefit patients. It goes back to that, you know, building relationships with patients and families again, doesn't it? That, and it really is a, a mix of understanding medical management and intensive care well enough that you can answer questions about technical things and diagnosis and management of uh, illness, but also be able to talk about those non-technical things.